Now, it's exactly that. It's different phases of your life. So, for example, coming into, um, you know, getting our period and that whole kind of puberty, it takes time for us to get into that. Our shoulders widen. We put on a little bit of weight. Um, we get our period. We're all confused. There's no information out there. Um, because we're putting on weight, we stop eating. We create this uncomfortable and unhealthy relationship with food. It's the same thing going into perimenopause. I am seeing exactly the same thing. All of a sudden, our body starts to change. We start to notice stomach fat, visceral fat. We try and do what we know, but it doesn't work. So we stop eating. I feel like it's almost exactly the same thing happening and I see it happening. So what I wanna talk about today are the different phases of your life, but of course, focusing a bit more going into the 20 to 30, um, and then you know 30 to 40, and then 40 to 50 and so on, because what you do, especially in your 30s, will set you up for your 40s. And I tell you now, there is changes in your body after you turn 40. It's just how it is. So what you want to do is not fight against that. Don't try and do what you did 10 years ago because it's not going to work because all of a sudden your body is changing. Your hormones are different. And those hormones don't just play the role in you getting your period. Those hormones play roles in creating lean tissue in, a, in, a, in an anabolic way. They play roles in eating tissue. You know, so if they're all changing and being a little bit out of balance, then, of course, your body composition is also going to start to change. So the foods that you eat, the type of exercise that you do is what matters if you would like to continue to kind of increase that body composition or at least maintain as you get a little bit older. So are we screwed if we're already in our 40s without proper setup? No. I'm in my 40s right there with you. Also, you know, had a horrible career as a professional dancer, didn't support my body. We are not screwed. You are not too late and you are not too old. So please, what you do now matters. And that's what I think is so beautiful. And that's why I'm trying to make my voice as loud as possible in this conversation around these topics, because you can do something right now and notice changes immediately, straight away. So um, what would you like to do? Uh, 40 has been interesting. I think that it's the appropriate word. <laughs> yes, Fit, 40 and fabulous. Um, okay, so Scott's writing to me, uh, Mac. Oh, damn it. I keep, my autocorrect says Max. Oh, for fuck's sake. Excuse my language. Max, Max, Max. And he's like, you're weird. Okay. Does it have a speaker view? So I think what we can do is already to kind of like start talking about, um, no, I don't know. I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna, I'm gonna stay on topic with you guys. Let's go in with some questions. Uh, Amy, laptop or phone, Alex? I'm on my laptop. I'm on my laptop and all you can see is a black screen with, um, Jillian's right there. So everything you do, Jillian, you are big face. So keep your camera on, gorgeous. I'm loving it. Let's go into questions. I mean, we can talk about questions. We can talk, you can fire away, or if you are happy to just listen to me talk, uh, and if a question comes in, I'll jump on it. So as I'm talking, if something comes in that you would like me to answer, um, 
go ahead and throw it. And uh, if it's if it's on topic, I'm just going to uh, answer it as we go. So I think a lot of you are um, really in, in between that kind of, let's say 30 and 60, even though it's quite, quite a big uh, target group to throw at you. In your 30s, a lot of the time you'll find all of a sudden you're not in your 20s. That's the kind of mindset. Oh, I think I should be doing something. Maybe I should watch what I'm eating or, you know, just being a bit more. But it's still quite easy to see changes fast. Go and do a spin class a couple of days in the week and, you know, eat healthy and don't drink on that first week. And, and you already notice you fit back in your jeans or you feel quite good. That, of course, if you've had a baby, um, that's going to change a little bit in the sense that it takes a little bit longer because you want to get that lean tissue back and drop that baby fat. It is possible. You need to be consistent. Buster. Okay. There's no quick fix. There's no happy pill. There's no quick fix. Everything that you do, you should be asking yourself the question, can I do this for the rest of my life? That's the question I want to ask. I want you to ask yourselves. Now, if that means, of course, and that's all like relative to where you are, of course, in your life. For example, when I tell you when we get to 40, you've got to start lifting weights. And if you're in your 30s, start doing it now. That's what you can do to help you support your body for when you hit over 40. But if you are already over 40 and you were from the high intensity world of, you know, 45 minute hit session where you're not really peaking, you're kind of in that gray zone. Uh, the entire 45 minutes and you don't really eat around that time because you think it's going to make it's going to burn more calories. So that was always like go into training fasted when we're there, um, you know, burning more calories because I don't have any food in me. And then afterwards, I'm not going to eat for maybe two, two hours because I'm still burning. That used to be kind of the 80s, 90s, beginning of the 2000 kind of mentality. That is what happens with men. With women, we are very, very different. Okay, we have hormones that fluctuate that go up and down. So therefore, if you go to training on a fat as a, in a fasted state, you're in a very high stress level, which means your cortisol level is very, very high. Training is a stressed state. Please understand that this is not where you make your changes. If you I hear a lot, I've been training five days a week. I'm so consistent. But are you fueling that activity? Are you also eating the right foods to support that one hour in the 24 hours? Okay, so again, fasted training is not going to benefit anybody, female. It's just not. Okay, there's research that has finally come out to prove that. It's even starting to prove that it doesn't really benefit anyone in general unless you are, of course, if you are obese, and you are struggling to drop the weight and you find that, for example, the fasting or the intermittent fasting helps, why not approach it in, a, in a, a natural way, which means have your last meal at the end of the day a little bit earlier and do a natural fast when you sleep. That's like the perfect time to do a nice long fast and then get up, have some breakfast and fuel your training. It doesn't make a difference. It's still the same amount of time that you're fasting. Okay. But you're actually allowing your body to go into a, to, to training in a fueled state, which is su completely supporting your goals. I'm just going to jump over quickly. How important 
is what you eat and drink in your 40s and perimenopause, then should you do more lifting than cardio? And it is at the type of, um, of each important. Yes. As you get into your 40s, you want to get your energy sources, so your carbohydrates, from more things like root vegetables and fruits. That's the kind of direction you want to go to. Now, in saying that, if you're somebody who absolutely loves bread or absolutely loves pasta, I'm not telling you to not eat that. But I am telling you what is going to benefit you where you are in your life and get you to the goal that you want to be at and make you feel good at the same time. So if you do love pasta or you do love bread that isn't really in the root vegetable or the fruits and, and that kind of thing, then why not pack it in around one or two days around your training? So use your fuel to fuel your body. Okay, so if I'm someone who loves, for example, I love pasta as well, then I'll just make sure that maybe my lunch is going to be, you know, on a heavy training day, then I will put my pasta on, on that particular day so that my body really utilizes that carbohydrate. And also when you move into your strength training in regards to over 40, bring your repetitions down. You could do the same workout as what is prescribed you know, to the woman next to you who's under 40, but you're not going to do 10 to 12 hypertrophy reps. You're going to do five to six as heavy as you can, you, so it's relative to you. Don't look at me and I say, okay, you need to go heavy, oh, but I can't lift the weight that you lift, Alex. No, it's relative to me what is heavy to me. But if you have never lifted a weight in your life, then that means, you know, a five kilo is going to be heavy for you. And that's okay. That's you and that's your journey to start with wherever you are in your life. Um, but the last two reps should be difficult. And I suggest you do five reps and do like five sets of five, for example, and have longer breaks. Why do we do this? When we lift heavy weights and have a longer break, you are creating an external stimulation that you're no longer getting from those hormones that you were getting when you were a bit younger. So that surge of LH, the luteinizing hormone, and that surge of, for example, the follicular stimulating hormone that allows the estrogen and the progesterone to get, to get up nice and high, it's not really happening anymore. It's kind of looking a bit like this. So what we want to do to change, because you're you are losing muscle mass as you get older. It's just a fact. So how can we support that by creating an external stimulation to force the muscle to get the carbohydrate, to force the liver to get the carbohydrate, to create the muscle. And to do that, you lift heavy weights and plyometric work, okay? So jump ropes, small box jumps, um, any form of small plyometric is really great, but in like Tabata style. So 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Also with your cardio, don't do, if you love, for example, to cycle. So some of you on here I've spoken to already love to cycle. I will never take that away from you. Even your long runs or your long walks. If that's something that does your soul good, then you continue to do it. But just make sure that you start to implement elsewhere a couple of other things that is going to support where you are at this point in your life. So that means, for example, Go and do a strength session in the gym. Lift heavy shit. Seriously. Do your deadlifts, your compound movements. 
bench presses, um, nice lat pull downs or bent over rows, uh, lunges and squats, like all that kind of compound where you're using multiple muscles, um, have nice long breaks. And then at the end, do like pick three different movements and do Tabata. You could do it on the bike as hard as you can for 20 seconds, like really hard that the body's like shivers. I need to reach in and, and get some carbohydrates here. And that's what we're not getting naturally anymore. So do 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off for four minutes. It's eight rounds. Have a two or three minute break. Do it again, maybe on the rowing machine or on your jump rope. Something that really gets that heart rate nice and high, almost in that 90%. So your RPE, which is your rate of perceived exertion. So how hard do I go? Number 10 is your highest. You could probably do 10 for 10 seconds. That's it. So I have my women at the end of training, I have them, if we're on the track, they'll do eight 10 second sprints with a two minute break. So that's the type of like SIT, so um, sprint interval training. That's the type of thing you want to be looking for. Okay. So that's what you put at the back end of your strength session, if that makes sense. And no 10 to 12 reps, ladies, where you can, you know, have 30 second break and then lift the weights up again. No. And if you find that your last two reps are easy, it's not heavy enough. Okay. So good form, of course, which I think you have in all your, all your app. Um, let me look, go down here. Um, great that you've started the weights. Yep, Catherine, that's awesome. How should you tailor your nutrition when trying to conceive? This is super interesting. I'm overweight, so needing to lose some weight first, but being in a calorie deficit is affecting childbearing. Um, again, what is going to, it's like it, it, the myth that always came around, uh, Tiffany was, sorry, it was, it was Tilly, um, was, if you lost your cycle or lost your period, it was because you were too skinny. I think if, if all of you kind of remember that, it was like, oh, she's too thin. She doesn't have a period because she's a dancer. She's too thin. I thought the same. So you, if you are in a low energy availability, you can still be overweight, but in a low energy availability. It means the energy that is available for when you need it, it's not there. Okay. So that means that you are either training fasted so Tilly, that what you want to really focus on is supporting the activity you're doing. So you can train, you can do all that wonderful stuff. Just make sure that you fuel your performance. Great pre-workout consisting of protein and carbohydrate. And then post-workout is also big scoop of either protein powder or maybe some low-fat Greek yogurt with maple syrup, like a fast kind of reaction. Um, or what you can also, yeah, I think that's, that's like my best kind of takeaway for you to just make sure that you're never really in a low energy availability and that you're getting enough sleep. Like they're your two kind of main things for me. I hope that answered. Um, Tiffany, what if you have to train first thing and can't eat just before running? And also what if you work shifts and are often up all night? Okay. So my runners, same question. Running is a very stressed state. I'll say it over and over again. You have two options. Either try having a piece of dried fruit, 
before you go for a run just to bring that cortisol level down and your blood sugar level up or half a banana. Also fine. We want to get the cortisol level down. The reason for this is after maybe four days of training fasted, you're going to down-regulate your thyroid. Seriously, your thyroid will be down-regulated. You will create cortisol fatigue, which causes visceral fat, which is stomach fat. So if you're over 40 and you start noticing stomach fat, which is absolutely normal, the first thing we do is we stop eating. It's the last thing that you should be doing. And when it comes to training, do not train fasted. Do not. There's the Lifting Women uh, Fortified Coffee, which a lot of you are on because I've seen your posts. Write it down if you don't know it. Get a pen and paper right now. Scoop, one scoop of protein powder. I suggest chocolate. Some of you are using hazelnut. Good on you. Half a frozen banana. Mia, me too. 150 mil of almond milk. I say almond milk. It can be sweetened too. Go for the sweetened one because it's carbohydrates. You need the carbs. And a shot of coffee. So scoop of protein powder. I go chalky. Half a frozen banana. 150 mil of your favorite milk. You go for whatever you want. And um, a shot of coffee, blend that bad boy. And I tell you now, it's like an orgasm in the morning and you'll just enjoy that. I don't know if you enjoy the run because you've just had an orgasm because of my drink or if you just enjoy the run better because you've fueled. I'm not sure yet. But um, um, you can't taste the banana, although I love this, but you can't stand banana. If that's okay, then leave the banana out. Leave the banana out. Use, use maybe oat milk so you're just getting a bit more. I'll put a date in there. Put like a couple of frozen dates in there or something like this some sort of quick carbohydrate that allows that cortisol to drop, blood sugar to come up. I promise you will start to notice a massive change. You'll start to notice changes in your training as well because there's nothing worse when you're training and you're like, why aren't I seeing any results? I'm going every day. I'm sticking to the macronutrients that Turtle Method have told me to do. Why am I not seeing any results? And it could be that even at the end of the day, you're like, oh shit, I didn't even eat enough of this. So you start... You know, you pack it into that meal. No, spread it out over the day. Fuel the activity that you're doing. That's, I'm going to repeat myself so that you really start to think about. If I'm in phase, we'll go through the phases now and talk about like how to fuel your phases as well. Um, look at all these sexy questions coming in. Where are we? Um, how many Tabatas will you do? Uh, Maddie, it's up to you, depending what phase of your cycle you're in. If you're in phase one where you're, you know, more like a man so you're actually kind of super strong and super got heaps of energy and kind of could run around the world um do two hardcore ones or even three it's up to you do a core one as well it's just about st external stimulation that's what we're trying to achieve there um depends again how much time you have is there no 10 to 12 rep rule applicable for those in their 20s too um no because i mean listen hypertrophy is 10 to 12 reps, right? Or eight to 12. Can you also achieve hypertrophy with 20 reps? Yeah. Can you also achieve it with 30? Yeah. Is it better with 10 to 12? Probably. So there's no, you know, it depends how you look at it. I wouldn't overthink it. Make sure you're just lifting enough weight that the last two reps are difficult. 
that's when you'll start to notice change. So really with progressive overload, start to really look at if you're using the same weight for, I don't know, a month, you should probably start to look at, you can do the same program, just start to increase your weights a little bit or pyramid that movement. So I always do, for example, if I'm doing shoulder press, I'll do, you know, two times 12 and then two times 14, then, then the next one 16, and then I'll try and go for 18 and max it out, for example. So always kind of adding on and seeing where you're at. Um, but in your 20s, do whatever you want in your 20s, <laughs> she says. Um, but does she mean don't wait, wait, train faster or running? Everything. Don't leave the house faster. <laughs> and if you're doing home office, don't leave the kitchen faster. <laughs> I would like you to eat within 30 to 40 minutes of when you wake up. And if you're unsure about what I'm saying, good. Question everything you do. It's fine. But do a little test. Go for a walk or a run fasted, and I want you to look at your heart rate. And the next day, I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to have had either your fortified coffee or half a banana and look at your heart rate. And then think about the stress that you're putting your body in it's a beautiful number to look at because your heart rate would have dropped a lot. And this is just so good for your thyroid and for your hormones. So you're really supporting your body. Um, and of course, like I said, the last thing that women want is high cortisol levels uh, to that extreme under fatigue. So you can have high cortisol. It's good. You know, we're stressed and that's what we do, but we don't want to fatigue it, but it doesn't have any fuel to support it. If that makes sense. Um, I did have Alex's smoothie before my run. Yes. Look at me just tapping myself on the shoulder, reading something about myself. <laughs> or I'm just scrolling down here. Wait, wait, wait. Um, here we go. I live by this fortified coffee now. I use Twix. You dirty little rat. Oh, Twix what? Flavor. I thought you meant you put a Twix in there and blended it up. Brilliant. How <laughs> do you mean Twix flavor protein powder? That is gold. Okay, Amy. I made it with a scoop of coffee protein powder. Oh, that's a bit delicious. I think someone else used peanut butter as well, but we can go through all the flavors. Don't use strawberry, weird, or banana. Stick with like, you know, chocolate in that direction if you can. Um, scrolling down, why is cortisol high in the morning? Because it wakes you up. So, you know, you need those hormones to kind of wake you up and be like, okay, let's, you know, let's rock and roll team. Here we go. So think of it like this. So it is a bit higher. Blood glucose is low because we haven't eaten. Um, and we just want to swap that round a little bit and support um, what we're about to do. Um, okay, we'll try it tomorrow. Let me know how it goes. Tag me in your posts. It's always very inspiring. I do a lot of powerlifting type training, but I struggle to lift during my period. I get so tired. That's really interesting. So a lot of the time when you are very, very low hormone, when you say that, Natasha, is that the entire four to five days of you having your period or is it just maybe the first day or two? Now, the reason I ask that question is, again, everyone's hormone profile is very, very unique and very different, which means if you are someone who starts off day one and two of your period, which is phase one, your hormone drop off might be a little bit slower than someone like myself. I drop off literally the day before I get my period. Um, and if I haven't taken my hormone, my PMS stack, I would get like a headache or like an estrogen headache or something, but mine drops off very fast. And the first day of my period, I'm like superwoman. 
So everybody is a little bit different there. So understanding your unique hormone profile is very important. And that's why we track our cycle so that we know that maybe day one and two, let's just kind of be kind to ourselves here. Don't go for a one rep max, go for a heavy of the day. Okay, so the way that you approach that day is mentally, you're not going to hit a particular number. You are going in to hit a heavy for today. How heavy can I lift today? Okay, if that makes sense. Um, but interesting, because normally in low hormone is when you are at your strongest. But again, it might only be the first couple of days. So I'd be curious to know about that. Um, if you wanted to let me know that one. Ah, you've been told off, you drop off slow. There you go. So it's just a little bit of a slow drop off. Now, when you think about, let's go through the phases. Some of you probably don't know them. Yay, Alex, I wish you could all like cheer for me and say that's what we want to talk about. But you're going to talk about it. So phase one, day you get your period. So those of you, let's talk about a textbook cycle, which is around 28 days. Doesn't mean if you have 25 days or 40 days that it's not right. I'm just talking textbook, okay? 40 days is also okay. Don't be hard on yourself. If you start skipping cycles, that's where we need to talk. All right. Um, again, if you're in perimenopause, whole nother ball game. We will be skipping heavy, light, all again, very, very normal. Textbook cycle is phase one. You're going to have your period and very, very low hormone. So you should be able to kind of, even if you've got cramps, you should be able to lift your heaviest weight, run your fastest run, very, very low cravings here. So if you're on a special particular diet, I would use that week to go 100% clean. Use it, use that time that you don't have cravings to just stick to your plan and be consistent, okay? Um, if you are suffering at all from PMS, I will talk about the PMS stack at the end in phase four. So phase one, again, you're at your peak normally, give or take one or two days, okay? As you move into phase two, this is where you need to understand your hormone profile. Are you bulletproof or are you the other 50%, which is me? The worst day of my cycle is day 12, 13. Horrible. It is the highest point of estrogen for me. I am horrible i i can't the barbell feels heavy like everything is just like a nightmare but i know this and i've tracked it and i approach the couple of days that's cool i don't go in the night before and be like okay tomorrow's day four and i'm just going to back off a bit no or day 12 i just see how i feel and focus on my sleep make sure that i've you know eaten properly but if i don't feel good that's okay i'm just going to do something else so Phase two is going to be bulletproof. You are super strong, super fast, or you need to back off for a couple of days. That's normally between day nine and 15. Okay. So depending where you are there, as you move into phase three and in phase two, you're going to have a push of the LH hormone, which is your luteinizing hormone. Okay. So this surge happens. If you're in perimenopause, this surge becomes a little bit weaker. All right. So if you start to have blood tests done in different phases, you'll notice that that LH hormone is just not really as high as we kind of used to have it. That's okay. We want to external stimulate with heavier weights, plyometric work to just kind of give that a bit of a, the body, the feeling that we're getting that push. As you move into phase three, 
this is where I start to change training as well. So we're going to start to have both hormones, estrogen and progesterone, start to rise. Now, when estrogen is on its own, it is an anabolic hormone. So that's where we can build muscle. So in phase one and two, I really want you to focus on lifting heavier weights and really trying to focus on, you know, hypertrophy or if you're in perimenopause, go into that low rep range um, because that you've got a very anabolic um, hormone that it's pushed through the body. So use it, use it while you can there. Um, as you move into phase three and you're going to have both hormones coming up, you've got a bit of that progesterone coming up, which is a catabolic. The reason it's catabolic is because it wants to break down tissue. So you really have to start to focus on increasing your protein or hitting your protein in phase three. You have a catabolic hormone in your body that is doing its main job, and that is to break down tissue, which will be the lining of your uterus to come away if you don't want to have it, if your body's not going to have a baby. All right. Now, in that phase, a lot of things is going to happen. You're going to start to get inflamed and everything. And that's why phase four is how it is. So how can we support our body in the best possible way in phase three? And that is circuit training. So start to kind of change your training a little bit. If you like, if you're, <clears throat> if you're CrossFit or powerlifting, excuse me, that's fine. If you're in the gym doing strength training, also fine. You might find you feel a little different. You'd be like, I wonder what phase I'm in, phase three strength circuit training, focusing on not too crazy long conditioning. Um, if you feel good, you feel good. But just to have the option there of how you're feeling. But my biggest takeaway for, for phase three will be increase your protein because you have a catabolic hormone happening. Are you taking creatine the whole time? I wonder, every woman, pregnant, not pregnant, perimenopause, not all those wonderful things. The number one um, supplement you should be on is creatine because we don't make enough. And every month we want to build tissue inside our body. So we need to support that. Take away your head of the myth of bodybuilding and body full of water and all, all of this kind of stuff. No, that's not the thing you need to worry about. It's very, very supportive uh, supplement to be on. Um. Phase, th phase three, I'm just going to check if there's any questions on phase three. This may be a really stupid question. No, no question is ever stupid with me. Um, but how do we burn fat? My percentage was that I had to get my heart rate really high to be in the fat burn zone, as my Fitbit says. I know it's not a stupid question. It's just sad that that's kind of like, you know, eat six cookies and run 6K to burn the cookies off. Don't you ever do that, please. If you eat six cookies, you enjoy those damn six cookies. They're worth it. They're just calories. Just put them in and around your training. And are they going to get you close to where you want to go? Probably not. But do you want to eat them? Yes. Okay, then suck it up and don't complain that your numbers aren't what they are. But enjoy the goddamn cookies. Don't get on the treadmill because you ate cookies ever. Um, fat burning. It's such an interesting topic, isn't it? I don't even bring it up anymore. I focus on changing body composition rather than talking about fat burning. Because when you change your body composition, yes, you, the thing is, of course, you're going to need more energy when you're in a higher heart rate. So if you're doing your, um, you know, your cardio and all that kind of stuff, 
you're burning calories. But actually, if you look at it, you're burning probably more calories in your neat work, which is like your steps. Uh, so walking to and from work, taking the stairs, like all of that type of stuff. That's what I would get you to focus on. And when you're at the gym, do your strength training and you're like your Tabata and things that you, you know, kind of like sprint interval training, things that are really going to stimulate your body and, and get your heart rate super high. Because if you go to spin class and kind of have your heart rate at 145, 150, sometimes 160, it's a very kind of gray zone. So you're not really kind of getting that external stimulation. Again, this is just how I work and how I feel benefits women the most. Because um, I, as much as you want to burn your fat, if you go in a, if you go in the gray zone, you're going to be burning your muscle as well. Because think about it. Your body, if it wants to survive, it's not going to get rid of the insulation. It's going to get rid of the muscle. It wants to keep the insulation for like warmth and support. So if you're in, for example, a low energy availability, you're doing all this cardio, it's not going to burn your fat away. I mean, eventually, sure, it will, but you'll get a lot of other random symptoms and lose your cycle and all that blah as well. But if we focus on being healthy, it's going to burn your muscle before it burns your fat because it's like trying to kind of survive. Um, so I would focus on, on uh, changing your body composition by fueling the activity you're doing, eating enough protein. And, um, and when you do your cardio, make it count. Don't just go in and do like 45 minute. If you're going to do cardio, get it done. If that makes sense. But if you're someone again, who loves to cycle or run or ultra run, don't take those away, but don't use those for fat burning. Use those because you freaking love it. Right. Uh, where are we? Was in a shop in San Fran called the Lotus Coffee Shop. They give free bickies with every coffee. I'm not going to read that. I'm going to pretend I didn't see that, Beverly. Did you dip the bicky in it? I hope you did. All right, here we go. I'm such an Aussie. Um, any suggestions for brand of creatine? No, all good. Creatine, uh, creatine monohydrate doesn't matter just get the plain powder and i just put it in my actually put it in my fortified coffee every morning with my collagen and my fortified coffee looks like this scoop of protein powder teaspoon of maca hashtag over 40 and fabulous yes people we will talk about uh adaptogens in a second <laughs> then i've got a scoop of collagen just saying then we have half a frozen banana, shot of coffee, almond milk, sweet almond milk, blend it, bam. Hashtag fit and fab over 40. That's my fortified coffee. So sorry if I missed this bit. Do you recommend taking creatine as someone in their late 20s? Yes, everyone, every single woman should be taking creatine, the most the most researched supplement there is. Absolutely brilliant. Um, take a teaspoon of that every day. You can have it with food. Doesn't matter when you take it, just take it regularly. You do not need to cycle it, just take it. Take it, take it, take it. Especially if you're gonna wanna have a baby and all those wonderful things. Um, here we go. For me, I feel so much stronger on creatine. My recovery is so much better to King. I just feel less sluggish. I feel like my strength progresses faster to king. And mentally I feel, yes, it's brain. I mean, creatine creates tissue. It builds your brain, everything. I mean, there's a beautiful study done on 
uh, long COVID and women. Scoop of BCAAs, so your amino acids, teaspoon of creatine over four weeks. So much better than all the other people with long COVID. So if you know someone with long COVID, their brain function is going to change. So getting that creatine in their amino acids, which pushes your um, leucine, which is a protein, to the blood-brain barrier up. So you've got your amino acids and your creatine. It's like the perfect cocktail. Gorgeous. Like, I, it should be spread across the world, but no one's talking about it. So if you know someone with long COVID, get them on that. It's very, very basic product. But all of you, get on it. Doesn't matter. Uh, my protein creatine monohydrate is the only supplement you will buy from my protein. They have terrible products, but you can buy that one. I'll let you buy that one. Doesn't have any shit in it. What does collagen do? Collagen protein, it's just our, our skin and nails and hair and everything is made up of collagen. Um, so it just puts the elasticity back into your, uh, into your skin and so forth. I have a couple of friends who created a new product, so I trialed it. Um, and I have to admit, like, I think I might stop to be honest, because I can't afford to go to the nail place twice a month. No joke. Like really, I'm not kidding either. Uh, is there a specific make for women or is it all the same? All the same, all the same. That's so protein maca. Yes. Maca has changed my life. Collagen, creatine, banana coffee, and almond milk. Yes. Frozen banana. It has to be half a frozen banana. I heard that the research has not yet backed up this positive benefits of collagen for skin health, et cetera, at the moment. There's been, yeah, there's, listen, there's different research out there. The one piece is it doesn't hurt you. I've noticed definitely a difference in my nails. Out of everything, my skin maybe not so much just because it's super sun damage from Australia, but my nails, it's insane. And it's, and it's really like I normally used to go once a month. So that that's something for me that I've noticed a change in. I didn't have to pay for it, so I just try it. Did you say to take every day even when you're not training? Yes. What was the BC amino acid thingy? Let's talk about supplements. Alex, is there a particular brand of brands of protein that you would recommend? What I want you to all look at, you can choose your own. I will not, like I have sponsors, yes, but I'm not going to recommend a particular protein powder to any of you. I'll tell you about them right now. When you look on the back of a protein packet, all right? Now, in sports marketing, when it comes to supplementation, there are no rules, unfortunately, which means they can write on there the number one protein. They can write whatever they want. All right. They can write stuff like, you know, um, well, I'm not even going to go there. So what I want you to do is to take control of that and turn it around and have a look at the ingredients. The first three ingredients on any packaging anywhere in the world, not just supplements, food as well. The first three ingredients is the most in that particular product. So those first three ingredients should be good quality, isolate um, you know, that type of thing. That's what you want to be looking at. If there is, for example, milk, oh, what is there is one? I forget. There's one that has like really bad number two. Uh, I have to find it and I'll put it in your group. So, you know, I can take some pictures of different ones, but have a look on the back and you want to have the least amount of, of um, ingredients that, that can, that can be in there. For example, when it's got like 30 ingredients, I'd probably put it down, to be honest. 
um, try and get one that's got the least amount in there. It may not be as palatable as something else, but at least then um, you can add your, you know, your fruits and berries and so forth to get the flavor somewhere else. Um, make sure it's got like a good amount of aminos in there, which are also different types of proteins. And for women, our goal is leucine, okay? The number one protein that we want to push is leucine. So if you are vegan or vegetarian, you are not getting this in your diet and you're not getting it in your protein powder. But how can we support that? That's where your EAA or your BCAA come into play. So the reason I tell women to put BCAA in their water during phase three and four is because it keeps the protein um, flowing through the body all the time, which is what we need and gives you your mojo. Like in phase four, it really helps if you put some EAAs in your water during training or before your session. If you're on a vegan protein powder, I would suggest chasing it down with some aminos. Um, don't mix it together. Just chase it down with it afterwards. Like, a, you know, like a vodka shot. I didn't say that. And, um, and what that does is it just pushes the leucine level up, uh, which then circulates through the body a little bit, bit more. So that would be my suggestion to any, any vegan or vegetarian out there. I'm not telling you not to do it at all. Um, um, just unfortunately, in, in your protein powder is just not going to have enough protein in it to support you as a woman. Um, yeah, if that makes any sense. But your EAAs, let's go supplements. Let's talk supplements, shall we? Hang on, I'm looking over here. Um, so when it, yeah, when it comes to brands, spend money on it. Spend money on this. Please don't go cheap. I understand it's expensive. So if you are definitely on a budget and you have no other option, then do it. You do you. But if you do have the opportunity to like um, have a bit of a better quality uh, protein powder and then just have like maybe one shake a day and try and get your, your, um, your protein from all your whole foods, uh, that would be, that'd be awesome. Um, I haven't even looked at the time, but I look at the time. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Alex, I'd love to recommendation for pre-workout for when I can have that coffee shake. Uh, something is very little liquid to take before my ice hockey games. Can answer another day if you're on. Oh, no, that's all right. Pre-workout. I actually really like uh, food springs pre-workout because it doesn't give you the jitters and it doesn't make you come down too hard. Um, that's the energy aminos from food spring. Um, yeah, if you're not going to use coffee, which of course is your perfect pre-workout 40 minutes before a training session, then I would go with food spring energy aminos. I absolutely love that, to be honest. Um, just, yeah, like I said, just because you have this really kind of nice plateau, uh, of a feeling. I hope that Amy, I hope that helps. Uh, Tiffany, I thought that unless you were a veggie and slightly harder, that BCAAs are not worth the money as you can get all the amino acids you need from food. Men can. Yeah. And in phase one and two, when you're more like a man, you can. But in phase three and four, you can't. You can't. So throw it in there because it, it, it is, you know, for men, all the research is done on men. Uh, but do EAAs, do the EAAs because there's a, the amino um, percentage is a lot better than BCAA. But if you've got BCAAs, use them up 
and then go for your EAAs uh, and, and try it in phase three and four. Try it. You'll notice a massive difference. Of course it is. I, I push it towards the veggie people, but I push it to everybody else in phase three and four as well. Uh, you were saying in phase three to take protein to uh, do circuit training strength and you might start to feel inflamed. So is there where we take PMS cocktail? Oh yeah, I didn't even like, I'm such a goldfish. We haven't talked about phase four. Yeah, so phase three, when you um, start phase three, PMS stack. If any of you suffer from any PMS, headaches, muscle pain, ache, lower back, cramps, any of those things, PMS stack. It's natural for your body to be in an inflamed state. Okay, so if you're going to feel a bit bloated, a bit swollen, it's normal. Don't hate on yourself. It's not going to be forever. It's just this period of time. You didn't put on weight. Be okay with yourself. Okay, don't, don't then go and do, if you do hardcore training and you're not in a performance week, you're just going to inflame yourself even more. So that's why I say back off and focus on um, technique work under fatigue. Um, so phase three, you start with your PMS stack. It consists of the following. Should I put it in the group? Yes. 1,000 milligrams of omega-3 with a good dose, good amount of DHA. Then we've got 250 milligrams of magnesium. Then we've got uh, 40 to 50 milligrams of zinc. This is the Lifting Women PMS stack. So I've trialed it back and forth. I am someone who has a massive estrogen headache the day before I bleed. And I have tested myself um, and I went off it for two months. It was horrible. That headache, no ibuprofen, no aspirin, nothing got rid of this headache. When your estrogen um, headache hits, nothing gets rid of it, unfortunately. So uh, please go ahead and give the PMS stack a try. It is beautiful. It is so, I just, I feel like it's like a hug to our body, really. And the crazy thing is, yes, you will look at like government standards or country standards for zinc, and it will not say anything higher than 20 milligrams. Again, men, please give it a go. It won't hurt you. Um, you will notice it even in your skin. And remember in phase three and four, your body is creating tissue. So it needs more of these. That's why I'm giving them to you. You cannot get them from food and enough food. Phase three going into phase four. What happens in phase four is super high hormones. Estrogen stops the usage of carbohydrate, hence why you feel completely fatigued, no motivation, no energy. What is wrong with me? Last week I felt great. I'm such a lazy person. I've got, I couldn't be bothered going to the gym. No. You're a woman, a wonderful woman in phase four where the body is utilizing fatty acids. Please approach this week, unless you are competing, approach this week like that. Recovery is key. Your body temperature, your core body temperature will increase. Therefore, your sleep will be disturbed when you're too hot. So your recovery will also be disturbed. So make sure that you focus on recovery that week. So mobility, yoga, if you're doing strength training of any sort, any sort, really focus on technique rather than pushing the weight too heavy. If you're doing CrossFit of any sort, for example, focus on bar path and technique. Do strict pull-ups rather than kipping pull-ups. 
so that when you move into phase one again, your body is so strong and ready because you were just teaching it how to move properly in a fatigue state, okay? So in phase four, the body's only gonna utilize fatty acid. Now in saying that, I'm not gonna say don't perform. If you've got a race or I'm gonna compete in phase four, what do I do? I fuel my body for that performance, which means I make sure that I've got quick carbohydrates on, on hand and that I eat, for example, before I train, before I do the competition, Everyone can perform in any phase, but how do we periodize our training so that we get the most out of it if we're just training? And therefore that means I don't need to push hardcore in phase four if I'm not doing a competition. That's what I mean. It doesn't mean you can't, just means that I prepare myself a little bit differently and I approach that week, that week a little bit differently because my body is utilizing a completely different energy source. Yeah, so be kind to yourself in phase four approach that week and be like, do you know what? I'm moving into phase four. What do I feel like doing today? Not walking in there going, why don't I feel like this? I know I should go to the gym, but why don't? No, do something that you feel like doing. You'll get more out of it. Um, and yeah, EAAs, that'll help with your mojo. Bit more mojo in phase four by giving yourself some amino acid. Can we go through each of the phases again and when they are? Sorry, I have a brain like a... <laughs> You're worse than me. This, this call is recorded, so I think we'll go back over it because otherwise it'll take forever. Um, but I'll, I'm on every second week. I'm going to be chatting to you guys every second week. So we can do, like the next one, we can do phase one and two and dive deep into that, for example, if you want. Tonight's just like a hot seat. Um, Brittany. So I take, uh, Lee, I take the period stack supplement for one week, phase three and four. I take it the entire time because I do a lot of sport um, and I'm very active and I get headaches a lot. So I just found that I just don't get headaches anymore um, and I feel, I feel a lot better. So I just take it all the time. If not, I suggest taking it in phase three and four. So from the middle of your cycle till the end, till day one of your period. Um, I only take the period stack supplements for one week. Next one. We have a hockey game in phase four. I dread it as I just feel dead during the game. Okay. You know what you're going to do, Amy? Hockey game in the middle of phase four. Anyone doing anything in the middle of phase four, especially a game, you need to fuel that workout. So I want you to start snacking in the halftime. I want you to eat halftime or have a liquid drink. And somebody mentioned also doing um, shift work. So working in the, in the um, hospitals and stuff, protein shakes, liquid calories. Boom. Liquid calories is your, is your best friend when you're doing shift work. I've got a lot of nurses that I work with. Um, sh uh, just knock, knock back those protein shakes with um, powdered oats inside, for example. It's a bit dry, but you know, does the trick. Um, so Amy, give that, yeah, give that a go. in Oh, Rebecca, you're, no, you're Rebecca, you're, um, woo, you're not on mute. Rebecca? Would you take this stack combo if no periods and peri? Um, yeah, because during perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause, your body is going through a lot of inflammation. Um, I would take it. Absolutely. Yeah, Brittany, I would do that. 
Um, thanks. I'll look for a good low liquid snack. I can't have too much liquid or else I feel like you're going to come back when it's... Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, true. Oh, oh that's true. Make your make some homemade protein balls and like for example, if you've got a bullet, you know the the blender, I put in there for my phase four. I put in like a whole lot of different stuff, blend it all up, and just roll like little protein balls. Maybe that could be good, and just snack on those. Yeah, take it all month, Tiffany. Try taking it all month and just see how you feel. Again, everyone's profile is different. See how you start to feel. You should notice it in one to two months, definitely. Um. Where are we at? We're at nine o'clock. So what I'm gonna do is tonight was kind of like a bit of like a throw it in your face. Those of you who, um, those of you who listened to my call last time, that was really spontaneous in the sense that we were actually gonna talk about mindset. We weren't even gonna talk about your lady bits and all the wonderful stuff that we can do. So what I think we might, does anyone have any other questions? Let's do some questions. And then I think we might focus on topics as we move forward. So every second Monday, you've got me if you want to join me on here. I'm so excited. You have no idea. When they ask me to do this, I'm just like, yes. Um, so what, what I think, because there's just so much we can talk about, I think the best thing will be like if we dive deep into you know, for example, the next one, do we dive deep into the phases, how to train or the option of best way to train in each phase. Uh, but if we did, let's say we did phase one and two, we talk about training, we talk about nutrition, we talk about supplementation, just on phase one and two. Then the next one we can do, I don't know, it's up to you guys, you, you know, this is for you. I'll talk all day, night. Where are we? Whoa. Um, thanks. Okay. Would you take? Yes. Sounds perfect. Perfect. Thank you. So are we. We're so excited to have you. We're so excited to have you. Oh, look at this. Look at me just repeating myself. All these wonderful things. Can we talk about training for those without um, an apparent cycle as no periods oh, post hysterectomy? Yeah, absolutely. So, you, you know, you still want to get like an external stimulation. So think of yourself um, still as wonderful as you are. I hope you know that. Then um, and anyone who's on here without a cycle, you know, that's you still find ways because that's that's a big, that's something, you know, it's a big topic we should also talk about um, if you don't have your cycle and how can we get it back if you are not perimenopause um, already one thing please start fueling the activity that you're doing so if you don't have your period and you're in this group um, and you're not perimenopause or menopause or post um, please start fueling the activity you're doing and you'll start to notice maybe a little bit of difference if you're on an iud and you're not getting a period that's okay you're still having your cycle you can find out what phase you're in just by measuring your body temperature. So when it gets really high for longer than, you know, four days, you're in phase four. All right. So then you can just track it like that. That's no problem. If you're on an OC due to reasons like um, PCOS or endometriosis or something, um, unfortunately, 
it's a difficult situation and I feel for you, but please know that at least you're kind of shedding the lining, even though you're not having a period, you are having a withdrawal bleed and you're shedding that lining, which is a positive thing until we can, you know, until you can find another solution. But that's a whole nother topic if we want to talk about PCOS. Um, and then I'm on Perry and on HRT. Yep. Um, with no period. So just wondering if you have any sort of cycle. So you're not getting your period at all? Has it been longer than 12 months, Tiffany? Because that's like, you know, perimenopause, ladies, you're going to be all over the shop. You're going to start to notice different symptoms through every part of, like every cycle is going to be different. It's like a roller coaster. Whee! Here we go. What's that going to happen now? Um, so the best thing to do there is just keep tracking and you will always be perimenopause until one birthday on the calendar. And that is 12 months, no period. That's menopause. And then you go into postmenopause. Okay. Then there's still a lot happening, a lot of inflammation and everything. So just keep, you know, doing all the wonderful things that you're doing, doing sport and moving is going to bring down the symptoms definitely, but please do not be afraid if you're under 60 to be getting any form of hormone support, um, to be talking to your to your doctors about those things. There are other options, which I would love to talk to you about and deep dive into adaptogens, maca being one of them, ashwagandha, rhodiola, shashandra, all these beautiful, beautiful products that have been researched to death, but of course make no money for the big pharma. Um, so they're pushed aside, but I work with them all the time. I work, I have teenagers using them. Um, they're absolutely gorgeous. So if that's something you're interested in, don't ever hesitate to message me on Instagram. As a lot of you know, I will always reply and I take time every day to reply to you. So please take the time to message me if you feel it will help you. Um, so I think with HRT and no period, I would just, yeah, I would just really need to know if it's been 12 months. Um, Oh, hysterectomy. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Um, boy. That's a tough one. I'd have to look into that one for you, Tiffany. I, I, I don't really know, to be honest, but I think if you're just fueling your body correctly, um, focusing on all the things like sleep and that kind of stuff, eating enough protein, doesn't matter where you are in your phase, in your life and what has happened. Women do not eat enough protein. Okay, we do not have enough. It's not what the recommendation, what men have been recommended, the 1.8, especially perimenopause, you are two to 2.3 grams per kilogram. I think you guys are in pounds, so I have to work that out for you. Um, but please don't be afraid to eat protein, whole foods first, and then move into your supplementation. Okay, no meal replacement shakes, unless you just cannot get the calories in, and it's an additive to your day. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much, there's a, there's so much here. This is so much wonderful, like goodness here. I, I'm sorry if I missed your message, please copy and paste it and send it to me if you feel that I missed it. Uh, and it's really important to you because they're all very important to me. Any supplements that help with anxiety, PMS? Yes, exactly what I just talked about. So your PMS is your PMS stack what I wrote in there. Okay, Lee. So your, your thousand milligrams of, of omega, 
your 250 milligram of magnesium and your 50 milligram of zinc is going to be your PMS stack phase three and four or all the time. If you have anxiety, PMDD, you can start looking into adaptogens. All right. Now, your different adaptogens work with your physiology. I mean, how magical is this? When you take one of them, you are going to have, for example, if you're someone who's really high strung and you like, you're like a little bit anxious and can't sleep, it's going to work with your body and it's going to calm you down. If you're someone who's really calm and fatigued and kind of really struggling to kind of get moving, it's going to pump you up a little bit. That is what's so beautiful about adaptogens. So I think the best thing to do there, because we're going to cut it, we'll have to turn it off now, is we will talk about adaptogens and I'm going to tell you like my favorite ones and how you can use them. If you are on any form of um, um, thyroid tablets, please be aware. I will give you all the information of what not to take. So you can, they will affect your hormone, uh, your, your tablets. We don't want to have any of that. But if you're not and you're feeling it, I would love for you to try adaptogens first. If they don't work, then go on to something harder. Quality of life is so important and you deserve to have quality of life, all of you, through different phases. So please don't feel that anything that you take is bad in that sense. It's about having good, good, still have good sex, still like all of those wonderful things. All right. Um, I'm going to start tracking in our app, listening to your chats. Yes. Please start tracking. All of you start tracking. Please start tracking. Deep dive into phase one and two, then deep dive into three. Yep, I think that's what we'll do. All right, everybody. Can you take anti uh, adaptogens with antidepressants? Do you know what? Um, I think you can because the antidepressants are actually also helping people in perimenopause with symptoms, which is quite interesting. They've started to do some research on it. I'm not 100% sure of exactly which ones, um, but there are a couple of papers that have come out that are helping um, helping women. So I think you can. But as I said, I will deep dive into those adaptogens with the amounts that you need to take, which ones fit each other. So for example, you know, you'll be a bit confused of what do I take? Then I will say, if you are someone who wants to take Shashandra, then it's a beautiful match with this one. And this is the amount that you take. So I'll deep dive into that for you. So the next talk we have is phase one, phase two, nutrition and training in and around your cycle of phase one and two. And then adaptogens. I'll join that as one talk. Does that sound good? Gorgeous humans. I'm 37 and feel like I have this peri stage around the corner. Could be. Could possibly be. Unfortunately, we can just never know. Again, I'm out, ladies. I could really talk to you all night, even though I feel like just having a chat to, to Gillian here. Um, it's been wonderful. It really has. I'm going to work out how I can see you. Um, I know a lot of you like to turn your camera off. One of my biggest values is connection. If you ever like to have your camera on, I live for it. Really, I just feel like we're one big community. It's just gorgeous. I feel very honoured to be a part of this um, and to be a part of your journey, however long it is. And I'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everybody.